The following podcast is presented to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Panel Discussion Podcast, your home for comic book talk right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts. It's a full house today. With me, as always, Greg Knowlton. And our special guest returning host, <laughs> Chris Gullo. Chris Gullo is back, and we are in for a fun episode. Um, Different. We did a we did the poll thing and it worked really well. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, pretty good. They were it was pretty tight. And then Matt made a couple extra like fake Facebooks to get havoc over the, the edge. I, I got a bunch of Tennessee Titans fans to go <laughs> to buy votes for the half. Did you literally go into the Titans group and said, "Hey, man, <laughs> hey guys, a lot of Buffalo guys really want the Blue Beetle." So um, <laughs> that's exactly what I did. So, um, yeah, we put up a poll, and we decided that's kind of going to be what we're going to do for the future. I know next week we got a, we got a special episode planned uh, with Sean Fritz, uh, the Power oh, yeah. Cyberspace podcast. We're going to do um, comic-to-cartoon comparison storyline. So that'll be a fun one. But other than that, our, I think our, our main shows from here on out will be um, vote-based, dictated by you, the listeners, and all of our, our you know, our... All the people who like our page on Facebook, um, we're going to kind of do that. So since my pick won this week, um, Greg and Chris will have choice next time. Um, I don't know if he's going to try Blue Beetle again, but he will... No, nope, I already have my choice. You already got your choice? All right. And then Chris will be able to offer one. And then whoever wins that one sits out in the next one. I'll be back in the fold and I'll go up against the loser. To try and get content. So, I'm just trying to get DC Comics more more airtime. You should. I already Why know not? the next pick. Good. You got something yet? Green Lantern. Oh. <laughs> I've got three. I'm just going to pick Moon Knight, Man Thing, or Swamp Thing. That's going to be Gullah's pick. <laughs> Thanks for saying two of them. <laughs> That's all right. None of them have TV shows. Well, by the way, can we, by the way, can we say F Warner Brothers, dude? dude I don't understand first, that. The first episode was so good. I don't understand. I, you know what? Listen, so it, I'm gonna alienate some of our audience, but how to? Excuse my language. You can swear. How, how do you? How do you fucking justify? Oh, Doom Patrol is the greatest thing on earth. <laughs> but we're gonna cancel a very well developed show. Yeah, it was like oh my gosh. I somebody in in, in Warner Brothers. Didn't like the idea to begin with. That's why Swamp Thing has been used in twenty years. Yeah, they don't like and, the horror. And and then now that here we are, we got a good casting. We we had a good uh, yeah. first episode, and you're gonna go and cancel it. It's weird. It, it's like, hey, it's horror. We don't like horror, but Doom Patrol boobs. And and also <laughs> all the money, all the money they're putting towards. Casting people for Star Girl. Yeah. Star Girl. You know how many comic arcs Star Girl has? Two. Yeah. It, I don't know. Does Star Girl have a long lasting relationship with someone like Solomon Grundy? Does Star Girl have a long complex relationship with someone like Batman? Does Star Girl have some uh, complex relationship with someone like Green Arrow? No. Did my shut up. Like it, oh. My only thing I could think. <laughs> my only thing I'm just I could angry. think. I have one theory. No, and they're, they're blaming everything else on Swamp Thing. Well, they're trying to hide it. My only thing I could possibly think is they were talking Justice League Dark for a long time now with Swamp Thing. They launched the show and were like, oh, crap. We can't do both of these. we got to pick one. Even though Cyborg exists everywhere, but no, you know how they I, are. I, I don't think that's what it is. I honestly think there's some hatred there towards Swamp Thing and... Yeah, they, they said it's either the, the networks the got messed up. It's struggling because they, the problem with the, the see, the, the one week episodic stuff's got to stop. They need to just it's got to stop once. Yep. Because you might as well just put these shows on the CW or something. Yeah. Right. You have to just put them all up at once. Or at least do what Hulu they did. Hulu realized in- it was stupid with Runaways. Yeah. Once Hulu put Runaways all on for season two, their hits got higher. Yeah. Well, at least do what they did with Justice League. Do longer seasons, or not Justice League, Young Justice. Do longer seasons, but they're releasing Young Justice three episodes at a time. 
But see, that's different. That's a cartoon. But it's still half hour, 45 minute episodes. Uh, but I think like, okay, so here's the thing with Titans. Titans, you can get away with it because Titans is so iconic. And then everybody that's casted next year in Titans, they've casted a Batman, they've casted yeah. a Deathstroke. The, you know what I mean? They've casted some pretty big ca- characters. But for things like Doom Patrol or things like, but that's the thing, they praise Doom Patrol so well. And the I cast, haven't finished yeah. it, but it's not like it was like earth like shattering yeah. like swamp thing i thought the swamp thing pilot we're putting the pilots all three pilots against each other swamp, swamp thing was the best pilot. pilot yeah so i just don't understand i peed a little during that like, pilot i don't oh and it was a great oh twist gosh. on the origin it made like that this was dis- a disease the and... morgue the morgue scene made me pee yeah that was, was... <laughs> <laughs> i'm watching like, it in the morning <laughs> i hate to be so animated so angry about this i know we're starting with news but like no, just it's good news dude. but like Come on. Like, this is why they don't have their shit together. Because they can't make a decision. They want to be dark and broody, and then when they finally do a TV show on a comic that is dark and broody, they cancel it. But no, let's go make one of the funnest guys in the world, Green Arrow, dark and broody. Like, it just doesn't make any... And they try to make Flash dark and broody now. Like, oh, it's so aggravating. It's so aggravating. You know, I'm sorry to the I'm sorry to the Star Girl fans out there, but you can't justify that Star Girl is a more iconic character than Swamp Thing. No, nope. can't. And and you know what? Like I thought the cast for Swamp Thing's great, but look at the star power. Everybody they've put in Star Girl. Like, oh yeah, there was Ian no Zirings in in Swamp Thing for two episodes. That's yeah. about it for for. There's and then what's her face like the only, the other known actress Crystal Reed who plays Abby Arcane she's from Teen Wolf on MTV yeah like, she's she's one of those come yeah, on. she's in like yeah it's, again Teen Wolf is like my guilty pleasure but but no but she, <laughs> but, but, but look at but look at Star Girl Joey yeah. Cal and I've, I mean I've, they, they have a cast they, they have yeah. real money into it this was just like eh, we're just gonna throw this pilot together we're gonna drop. 13 episodes. Oh, you know what? 10 episodes will make people happy that are Swamp Thing's fans. And so, if you, those of you listening out there, Swamp Thing fans, I think we got a little bit of clout with the panel discussion. Just a little bit. Still a little, a little bit. Every time a new episode premieres for DC Universe, because they are still going to run the 10 episode yep. one, have everyone you know watch it. <laughs> and make them make make them look like idiots yep. <laughs> for canceling it. I think... I, I heard they're reevaluating it. Like... Well, because I think there's going to be a ton of backlash. Oh yeah, you would. Because it's revealing the streaming service that came. Oh yeah, came out the the same day as even yeah DC DC streaming service completely. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna overlook it and see what's going on. And then this is all of this is just like bad press for them because, dude, this Disney streaming service is only so far away. And the library is already so much better. And yeah. I love the DC streaming service. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like a lot of the animated stuff in there. The Disney library is already better. It's so good. Yeah. And it's not just for comic book fans. It's not just for comic book fans. They're going to be like, <laughs> eat it. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So the C- CW just came out and said they're not doing the deal with Netflix anymore. This was the last year. Because they had a deal where, like, literally a week after the finales, they're all yep. on there. Flash, yep. Legends, Which Supergirl. is great. That deal's done. So, that DC's got to make that a thing, mm-hmm. that those shows come on there right away. Honestly, they should do what Netflix did with Disney, and every single movie, probably up until maybe the last Shazam, yeah. needs to be on the stream. I agree. Yeah. You need to have all those newer movies on the- Why not? Like, what yeah. are you losing from not having those movies on the DCU. People are going to pay that, that price for to see those movies, yeah. to have access to that. You need every single movie I'd watch you've ever had. Right they have a lot of the older ones, but every Batman, every Batman, like, yep. you know, forever. They just put them on, they put all the Batmans on Netflix. Yeah, see, why are they not all in the DC Universe? Yeah, they right. have like some of the Supermans and stuff, which is cool, but they need all those. They need every single TV show they ever freaking did. Like and then your new stuff could be your new content. They have some weird stuff on there, like like Human Target and like what, what? Human Target, Birds, Birds of, of Prey, Prey, all the stuff that failed. Yeah, they have all the oh hey this I'm so I'm sorry, Powerless isn't on there. I'm, I'm like and Powerless was actually good. I'm waiting for them to just like it just to find out like this is a Marvel exec in the background like we'll kill DC one at a time. <laughs> 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 like that's what it feels like. It's like a super villain. Like we're just gonna make this look terrible. You would have to say that you're disappointed on what it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh gosh, this is just it's just frustrating because I'm a DC guy and like the they're putting some great comics up there. They're putting all it's just but it's it's like okay, what are you doing with this? I thought Titans was good. This year looks like it's going to be better. Doom Patrol, I haven't finished it, but it's not I, bad. I was but pissed off that Doom like I get Swamp Thing was to me was going to be the thing that really sold me on but, loving this. But network. comics are for this... everybody, right? And you can have I don't know why they're making this like and I get DC like your money is adults. Why the heck are these shows like geared more towards like mature audiences though? They're like HBO. Like the second I clicked on Doom Patrol, I was like, oh, it's full of tits. Great, I can't watch this. Like I'm right. not gonna bother waste my time. This is coming. And the answer this: What DC movie over the last five years has gotten the highest praise? Hmm. I would say Dark Knight, but Teen Titans Go. Oh, you're right. Teen Titans you're right. Go. Got the most. The kids is the highest Rotten Tomato score of all. The, I, I you have to have that balance. That's why Marvel like, does so well because that their their content. Well, I mean, yeah. maybe aside from the Netflix shows, but most of their content, ninety percent of their content, can be viewed and appreciated by both but, the younger audience and the adults. But even the Marvel, like the Netflix shows. Like it's not nudity or anything. It's nothing. You're like, ah, there's some. There's, there's some. There's no strategy. Yeah. But there's no. There's no like full on. Like full. It's basic. Like a lot of it's still what you'll see on regular TV for that's, the most part. That's true. Yeah, well, you'll see it on a Game of Thrones or something. What but, DC yeah. doesn't understand is they don't know how to see something they got and take advantage of it. They got a pretty good thing going on in the CW shows. Yeah. And they just. Yeah. They just let it. Live and those in that are the world, light, and and they don't like. They never cross it to the movies. They're having nothing with the happening with the DC Universe app. Like, yeah, I don't know. And that's been clearly successful. Like, yeah. why are you just ignoring that? I don't know. And then now and those we're, are all, and now we're seeing this where they've 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 recasted Ezra Miller. Like Ezra Miller's not coming back. Good, he's not. But he like, didn't need to be the, the Flash. Recast in the first place. was uh, it was somebody who should not be the Flash. I forget oh, no. who it was. But it, it, somebody just took like a, you know, he was the rumor to who it was going to be, and they they did a shot. But it's somebody that has been talked about like for every other superhero character, but the Flash, Army Hammer. I, I, I think it's something <laughs> along those lo- those lines, though. Um, let's see here. Forget news. I don't even see nothing. Yeah, it, it was pop, I don't know if it was comic book or CBR. Or somebody put it up like where someone said like this guy was looking to be the the new Flash if what the rumors are true, and that uh oh yeah Lucas Till who's that that's he played oh, Havoc. Havoc. I it's remake. a nice yeah Lu- I actually don't need him as Barry Allen. It be it looks too much like Grant Gustin. Might as well get Grant Gustin. No, he's he's bigger. No, but I'm talking about facials. Eh. Like the hair. Grant Gustin's too like cutesy bootsy boy. Like it's always Till. Lucas Till. No, Till Till can pull off that like a little bit of tougher. Gotta... How, how funny is that the Lucas Till is having? That is very ironic. Very ironic. That come out today. So why, why, don't, why, why don't we stop yelling about DC Universe? And- Let's do. Um, actually, really quick before we get into it, I did want to comment. Um, I know we pretty much buried Dark Phoenix last week. I know I did. Um, I watched it. And I'm not going to lie, I did not hate it as much as I thought I would. I won't go into spoilers. Um, there was some stuff that I actually very strong... There there were some a lot of things that I disliked. It, and that comes with a, lot, with a lot of non-MCU properties. But um, honestly, it was probably in my upper half of Fox X-Men movies. It really was. I did want to just come out and acknowledge how wrong I was. That's why you don't prejudge uh, movies before you see them. You know, it, it, it's... I actually really, really liked it. I know it's getting trashed by critics. Well, it's got a 22 critic score, but it is a 65 audience score. So that's important. The Probably audience bad. matters more to me than, than critics. So not great, but... It's still not bad, considering yeah. what... A, I mean, like I said, I just watched it, and yeah. compared to Apocalypse, X-Men Origins Wolverine, it was even better than Last Stand, which it's essentially a, you know, not like a rip-off, but a, um, a reimagining of, so, <laughs> so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, I have to admit, I did just want to say that, but um, without further ado, we'll get into today's main topic, which is Havoc. A.K.A. Alex Summers, the younger brother of Cyclops. Um, I'm kind of glad it just it just came to me because 
last week after we recorded, me and Greg discussed, like, oh, let's do a fan vote. And then I was like, who do I pick? Who do I pick? I was like, Havoc. And it, and I kind of realized, you know, I he, he he's like a very underappreciated character. Right. And I actually really like him, but I just kind of forgot um, because he's had a history of what I think is poor writing. Mm-hmm. He's been in a lot of like bad books, and I have a lot of Havoc-based books in my box, and honestly, I was not very happy with most of them. I was actually really disappointed with some of them, how he's been written, but he's actually a really cool character and has this unique persona, attitude, and like I, I don't know, his look. I love his look. Um, both his costumes are really his X uh, Factor and his regular. I have blue another one. costume that I've never seen before in here too. Really, he's got like a steel plate over his like right eye, and his right eye is red. Really, it's real sick. That's neat. That's neat. You know, like I, I just think he's a really great character. I wish he was put, you know, to the forefront a little bit. Um, he's only been a vi- like video games, like I, I, I tribute popularity to video games. He's only been in less than a handful of of video games, and and honestly, it's you know, well, the most recent one was Lego Super, the Lego Marvel Superheroes one, but um, you know, he just he hasn't been around. But I really like him, um, despite poor writing. But he's got a cool look to him. But um, you know, if you guys got anything you want to add to your thoughts on him. No, I just I think I honestly think a lot of it is overshadowing of Cyclops and the powers being somewhat similar. Somewhat. Yeah. And, that plasma bolt. And just both being Summers and do you think he's more showcased if he's not a Summers? Hmm. I don't know cuz he cuz he's the third most famous Summers. Yes. They like it's Well, like, no, I would put him lower. I would put probably him lower. Probably lower, actually, well, probably... Fourth or fifth. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Nathan, Rachel... Well, yeah, I was thinking, oh. obviously, you know... Oh, are you th- wait, are you including... Scott well, you're not Nathan. including Jean Grey, so... I'm, yeah, I'm maybe third or fourth. Grey, so, uh, Scott and Nathan, obviously, are top two. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'd give you that. I would do three. I would do three. Um, Let's see. Uh, his first appearance, I know Gallo's going to read um, this one. Uncanny X-Men number 54 from March of 1969, created by Arnold Drake, the writer, and Don Heck, who was the artist for him. He was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And let's take a look in his publication history. Wait, no, not that. Um, he's the second of three known sons of Christopher Summers, a United States Air Force major and test pilot, and his wife, Catherine Ann. When Alex was a boy growing up in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, his father took the family for a flight in their plane, which came under attack by a Shi'ar spaceship. As the plane caught fire and was crashing, his parents fastened Alex and his brother Scott into a parachute, pushed them off the plane in hopes that they would survive. His brother hit his head and was in a coma for a short while. Uh, but they were separated. They were separated uh, upon that incident. I remember uh, that storyline from the X-Men animated series. I was just watching that today. Havoc, yeah, Havoc, um, they, they did not know of each other until, I think, until right before Havoc graduated college. And what's interesting about them, too, and I want to get into more details, is that their entire bloodline, the Summers bloodline, has been carefully, like, manipulated by Mr. Sinister. Um which, like I said, I got I got to do more reading myself, but that's always been like a common theme. Like wherever, wherever they are, Mister Sinister seems to be really, really close behind. So I've always thought that would to be a, a really cool dynamic for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, no, I have so I have a book that kind of touches on that a little bit. Um, so I didn't want to say too much. Okay, that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um. All right, Chris. Since you have the right, you are First doing that book. Yeah, let's so. let's start off with you for this. And right. We're just kind of summarizing from now on. We're not like going like reading through through, but cool. just kind of light summarization so people so we don't completely spoil a book for them. So yeah, um, X Men uh, number fifty four, uh, March of sixty nine. Cyclops must die. <laughs> <laughs> Dead or alive, Cyclops. Um, and by the way, I love that they call the X Men the most unusual fighting team of all time. <laughs> Uh, but uh, just to summarize it, uh, the X Men are they're at the graduation for Alex Summers, and uh, Cyclops is basically saying like, "Hey, he doesn't know that uh, you know we are uh, that he's a mutant. He is our brothers, but he doesn't know that he's a mutant, whatever." So you know, 
graduation ends. They're like, hey, you know, let, let's go get a drink at the bar or whatever. Well, the X-Men are waiting for him. He doesn't show up. The guy, This guy named the Pharaoh kidnaps him, and he's basically kidnapping him, and the X-Men show up. Uh, and they're 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 trying to attack him, and he's got like these minions. While it looks like the Pharaoh is trying to harness the powers of Alex Summer, and he and he's knocked on cold. He doesn't know he has those powers, and just basically overall, it's just a big fight. Um, and then what leads to it looks like Pharaoh's dead, but he's not. He faked his death, but the cops are accusing Cyclops of of murdering Pharaoh, and now he's like a public enemy number one, and they're out looking for him and all that. So mm-hmm. while the Pharaoh Pharaoh actually disappeared, it was like a hologram type thing. Right. Him and his minions are are took Alex Summers away. So okay. Good. So, good. so yeah, I, and I read a little further. It's it's a good. It's like a four book arc of how Alex Summers realizes he has powers and he's confused and, and you know and why did you never tell me scott because scott knew and never told him right right um i i did read the the whole ending of that arc it's it's um it's it's pre- it's a pretty cool thing like the living pharaoh um it's like a weird villain but i feel like it's very 60s like i feel it like it's very appropriate like for that time cartoon shows oh yeah you know the '60s Marvel cartoons, like uh, like in red, like uh, the villain. <laughs> like, it feels like a like a '40s or like a Adam West Batman kind yeah. of villain, the Living Pharaoh. Yes, Bless you. Thank you. And his minions that like dressed like pharaohs. Like, why is some just random white guy? Like, <laughs> I'm the pharaoh now. <laughs> um, and I think. So where does he hire these henchmen? Like, I need you to dress in, in Egyptian garb. <laughs> you have to pay me extra for that, personally. <laughs> personally but yeah that, that was his original appearance um not too long after that he what i don't you guys aren't don't cover any of that right you guys i'm I, i'm 2012 in my next okay week, so. um because from what i you know from what i remember reading he was um his power actually it, it's it gets absorbed quite a bit because havoc just he, one of his, his issues is he can't control his own powers and the living pharaoh actually absorbs his power to become the living monolith, um, so he can change form a little bit. Um, so, yeah, which is a common thing. Like Sauron, who, who's very energy dependent, um, typically you know has lots of encounters with havoc. And you know, I know later on in an issue, he was um, Sauron actually did absorb so much power from havoc that havoc was finally able to control his power. So I thought always thought that was a cool cool dynamic but that's that's later on in the story um you know any other like thoughts on the book um you know it it read like a 60s like introduction book and stuff like that but it was it was great it's in that original team of cyclops gene gray as marvel girl uh yeah beast and iceman that's it was just so oh and archangel too uh well he's he's just angel just angel just angel and there was a little angel story at the end i didn't like (laughs) I, I didn't go far into that, but uh, overall, it was it, it it was a fun it was a fun little read uh, to see where the character and I never I never knew that Scott knew he was a mutant beforehand, yeah. right? So, yeah, probably um, I don't remember exactly how, but I I would imagine something through Cerebro, maybe yeah, I mean, uh, through Professor X and Cerebro. I would imagine, um, but all right, very good. Let's get into your reviews for it. All right, so starting with action, right? Artwork. Artwork. Oh, see the A's. Uh, <laughs> artwork. Um, it's, you know, it's that classic 60 style. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'll give it, you know, I'll give it a seven. Seven? Okay. Okay. Um, now action. Action now. Uh, there's, most of it is fighting. Like, I'd say probably like two-thirds of the book. So let's give that an eight. Okay. Very good. Uh, storytelling. Um you know, it, I do kind of like the Cyclops being a fugitive stuff. Like I thought that was pretty cool, so I'll give that an eight as well. Very good. And then uh, dialogue, right? Dialogue, yep. Yeah, dialogue. Um, it it didn't read too bad. Uh, if, you know, some of those X Men books in the sixties are a little weird, a little wonky, a little wonky. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I I thought it read pretty good. But I, I give that a seven. Okay. And then overall rereadability, um, I'll probably give that a seven as well. Okay, it's a little book, but you really want to read. The next issue, the full story, yeah, thirty-seven out of fifty for that book. Um, you know, I mean, overall, do you think it still holds up well today as a story? Uh, I think it's. I think the villain is a little cheesy. I think it's a little over the top with that. Okay, so I don't think. I don't think it reads one hundred percent well. But if you want to know about 
the history, it's great. But if you're like, just pick up a great Havoc comic, like, you're probably not picking up this specific issue. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. Um, Greg, you said your book is from 98? 88. 88, excuse me. Okay. Um, I read it wrong. I thought it was 98 as well. Okay. You want to continue? My, my first book is from... Uh, 99, so if you want Let's wanna, do that. Let's do it. This is a cool book. This is... Well, we'll go to the beginning. Um, this is Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown from 1988. I'm actually really excited to hear about this one. I was looking for, like, really big-name Havoc books, and this one is very highly regarded by fans and comic book aficionados. So. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll, I'll hop into it. The first half of it is basically just... Um, these guys talking about there's two there's four four voices you hear and it's it's voices like there's not a lot of visuals to it like you don't see anyone's faces in the first half like it's just outlines um, it's two guys general meltdown and dr neutron talking about a plan and while they're talking about this plan you have two other voices and it's just two russians working on a generator and basically force like it, their plan is to force this thing into meltdown. So it just goes back and forth through all of this. And it's a ton of science. But it's kept interesting, actually. Um, and then from all that, like, it's just, you just see that. And then you just see these two guys playing chess talking about all that. And then it cuts over to Mexico. And immediately in Mexico, the first thing you hear as soon as I get there, sorry, flipping through, um, is like a Mexican guy standing there and he's like, I can't believe you said that about my sister. He's like, how about your mother? And you just hear from the background, don't talk about my mother, bub, and a big fight goes down. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, and it's just brawl, brawl, brawl. Uh, basically, the rest of it is um, these Mexican guys chasing who's revealed to be Wolverine and Alex Summers. And they have a deal to not use their powers, so it's it's fun. Uh, and it just goes just goes back and forth. They steal this girl's car and they drive away, um, and they get into a small chase with some other people as well. Uh, it's very good, very interesting, um, and it sets up for the next book with a very angry angry Wolverine that a lot of people thought had died even before this book. Okay, so kind of cool. Very good, very good. Um, Art action. Art. It's hard to explain this book. It's all watercolor. Okay. It's two artists. So one artist draws Havoc. The other artist draws Wolverine. They look very different. It's cool, They though. do. It's uh, different. We've seen it before. We've reviewed books like that that have had multiple artists. I think the Superman and Spider-Man book I did, yeah. um, they had different artists for that as well. But it's all in this weird like watercolor style. But I'm trying to find a good panel of it. Um, Havoc legitimately looks like James Dean. Like, it looks like that's, he just, they look like they drew James Dean. Oh, wow. It's 100%. It's a cool look for him. And then Wolverine's, like, little, like, hair is, like, five feet tall. The little, like, hooks on his head, and it's kind of (laughs) crazy. But, um, art, I'll give the art, it's not my cup of tea. But, with that being said, it is gorgeous and very impressive. So, I'm going to still give it a nine. Okay. Um. Because despite it not being something I would normally want out of a comic book, you, you just can't. It actually looks really good for '88. That image it you just is showed me, amazing. Like I'm, that's really impressive for '88. Wolverine's hair is a little off, <laughs> a little bit. But you know, I feel like that's something I would see in like the 2000s, like yeah. late '90s, early 2000s. It's yeah. very impressive but it's, stuff. It's yeah. gorgeous, and it's yeah. literally just James Dean. Like they didn't. Alex Summers is James Dean, 100. Uh, percent Action. There's a ton of action in this, and it's really cool. Um, one thing with art style too, Havoc's powers are always my favorite to see drawn because they're always drawn very interestingly. Every time I've read the books, like it's just it's cool. It's like first class when he did like the little like hip shimmy to cast his power or use his powers. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so so action. I'm gonna give a seven. Okay, it's pretty cool. Um, action art. Sorry, I'm off today. Art action story. Story is very interesting. Uh, you don't get too much of what's going on in this, like why they're in Mexico, what's happening. This is the first book. But rather than explaining everything, they explain a lot of the science that's going on. 
But you don't get too much of like what Wolverine and Havoc are doing, and I feel like you get more of that in the second book. Okay. Um, it's more of a setup. Like. Yeah, so I'm just going to give the story a six. Okay. Well, six. Dialogue's a ten. The dialogue is very well done. Um, just the back and forth between uh, Alex and, and Logan. There's a great line <laughs> where Logan's literally like, he goes, I don't think um, your sister is a puta is a, a, a way to talk in Mexico and Wolverine's like I have a phrase book and that's what it says <laughs> he's like maybe I have to get a new phrase book and they're just going back and forth about this <laughs> um, so the dialogue and, and but then on top of it they have the super serious dialogue and, and talking about all the science and again making it interesting so really good um, and rereadability the, this is a cool storyline I would have never like when I looked up I was like Havoc and Wolverine that's not something I expected no it's um, very different so rereadability I'm actually giving an 8 I want to finish this series and uh, I definitely would show other people like this hey you want to read an interesting X-Men comic look at it like it looks even just uniquely but it's written very uniquely and it's a cool book so I'm going to do that I'm going to give it an 8 there you give it 8 alright 40 out of 50 for Wolverine yeah. and Havoc alright so, like I said before, when we started the show, I have a I have a ton of books that have havoc on the cover of them, featured, um, whatever, and I was very disappointed with all of them. I, I'm not even I'll be honest, I'm not even a huge fan of this book, and I was a little disappointed with it. Um, but it's Mutant X number seventeen. I know I said ninety nine, but it's actually from February of two thousand. But um, <laughs> this is one of the this is one of the few books that like that I had that actually featured Havoc very very prominently, and it kind of starts off with him. I'll give you a backstory because I kind of looked it up. Um, he's actually in an, a, a different reality. Um, he's not in the same reality um, that you know Earth six one six. I'm actually not even sure which you know what what it is, but something happened. He's in a different reality. He's actually leading a team called the Six. And it has this reality's ver- versions of um, Brute, Iceman, Gambit, and even Captain America. Um, and Havoc's the leader, so it's it's really cool to see him in that leadership role. Uh, but it starts off, there's actually a a battle with like Bloodstorm, which is uh, which is really neat. I never seen her in the comics. That Vampire Storm variation, I've never seen that before. Um, I also have Bloodstorm in a book. To you, yeah, that is way cool. I I, th- I think it's really cool. Neat, uh, neat angle. She was with Cyclops for a little bit. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he uh, he's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, he's out in the woods. Uh, his team's kind of doing something, and all of a sudden, his brother, his brother Cyclops appears, and this is not the same Cyclops from his reality either. This is Starjammer Cyclops, and in all actuality, the the background is Cyclops. And this reality is that um, instead of being left, I, I don't know if he went through the coma or what, but the Starjammers actually took him along with Corsair and oh, all cool. them. So he's he was in space for twenty years. So he's got a very different look, but he has the uh, he has his optic, um, you know, his optic blasts mechanism. Uh, with him, he also has some cool knives and stuff too. But his costumes all different, and they're they're just they're, they talk the whole time. Um, a lot of like brother dynamics. I know in a lot of like Wikipedia and other stuff I've read, um, other issues that I've read, Havoc and Cyclops have never really gotten along. Um, and I thought that was really cool that you know to to see this and Cyclops. You know, throughout the book, Cyclops apologizes for you know being a bad older brother, and Havoc like constantly reassures him that. Um, that he wasn't, so it was nice to see that. Um, they actually, for the end, they get captured by Mister Sinister. I don't know why they threw like a, a ten-page Spider-Man bonus book in the middle of it. It just completely threw me off. But um, they do get captured by Mister Sinister in this reality, and they they have you know some bonding moments and, and this and that, and they finally get out and escape. And together, it's really cool. You, see, you get to see Cyclops and Havoc. Um, they actually blow up Sinister's lair uh, together. It was a really cool scene where they're both using their powers, and they blow up this this Sinister's lair in this reality. Um, so yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was okay. Like I said, when I was looking for, I haven't out of the books that I've had, out of the books that I've read with Havoc in it, I haven't had like that that like one bless you that one like de facto 
this is the definitive Havoc storyline. Like, I, I haven't had one of those where I felt satisfied, like completely satisfied after putting it down. But regardless, um, we'll review Mutant Next, number 17. The artwork, early 2000s artwork is just like late 90s, like late, late 90s, early 2000s. Artwork was just like wonky. I didn't wasn't a very big fan of. I wasn't a huge fan of the artwork style. There's just I don't know. It was just goofy, unrealistic. Um, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, so I'm gonna give the artwork a six. I'm gonna be a little critical on that. Um, action. There were some cool action scenes with Psych and Havoc battling together, especially that scene at the end where they're blowing up the. Uh, blowing up Sinister's Lair, and there was some other stuff too. With um, they were actually being tracked by that reality Sinister, and it, you know, and they were running away from them. And there, there were some cool encounters with that. Um, so I'm going to give the action. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, story. The story's really neat. It's it's different. Um, you know, I'm glad. I, I mean, I didn't have to do the extra research to figure out that he was in a different reality. There were some mentions of it, but I didn't truly understand. And it, though it makes sense because it's a number 17 issue, but I think the storyline's cool. It, like, this never happened. Like, very rarely ever happened where Psych and Havoc got along in the regular reality that we've all, you know, come to know and love. And it was really, it was kind of neat to see that. It was different. You know, Havoc leading a team with Captain America in it, like, that's, yeah, you cool. never see that. Um, so I'm actually going to give the story a 10. I think that was a high point. Um, dialogue too was actually really good. Um, seeing Psych and Havoc, the, the way they communicated, even though it wasn't his actual brother brother, but um, the, the dialogue was really neat. And, and Sinister, there, there were some moments with Sinister, and he always has something. I, I don't know. I just I appreciate the way he, that he speaks, his tone, the, the way he carries himself in, in comics traditionally. Um, so I'm going to give the dialogue an eight. Rereadability. Would I pick this book up again? Actually, I I was very close to not reviewing it. That's how like disappointed I was with this book. I'll be honest with you. Um, so I'm gonna, that's going to be a low score for me too. Like I I was hoping it was going to be a little bit more, but I'm going to give the rereadability a five. Thirty six out of fifty for Mutant X number seventeen. All right, Chris. Start off round two. Yeah, and uh, I think it's going to the years because mine is in 2012. 2012. 2018. So I'm 18 as well. Yeah, so, okay. So, yeah, th- this is Uncanny Avengers 2012. Um, and this is number 18. And this is interesting because it is an X Men Avengers basically team. Uh, very cool. But uh, this went through a couple different arcs this whole run. And then this one is like. It, 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 it's in it's in an arc called Avenge the Earth, and what basically just to give you guys a quick backstory, um, the Ir, uh, Ariel and Emin, they're um, basically proteges of Kang a Conqueror. They got a Celestial to destroy Earth, and so basically the X Men and the Avengers failed with the Uncanny X Men, which is like Thor, Beast, Havoc, Captain America. They, they basically failed, so. Uh, and meanwhile, this happened. The uh, what the what are they called? Um, the Apocalypse Twins. Apocalypse Twins mm-hmm. basically made like Planet X, which is only for mutants, hmm. and like this spaceship planet, and and uh, and that's where we're at right now. So somehow, what they're trying to do is to find the Tracheon, uh, this thing called the Tracheon, destroy it, because then it will allow this uh, this man named Immortus to come and help them against you know with the timeline so it's kind of confusing but just a real quick this book you see you're on this planet x and havoc is is kind of trying to get away and fighting uh the the typical magneto goons pyro toad and blob yep (laughs) yep so uh you know he's fighting them and they're kind of going back and forth and helping him is is his wife in this comic book wasp Mm -hmm. janet van dyne is oh really yeah oh that's cool like I said, they're going back and forth with Bob. Then Magneto gets involved. Magneto goes, come on, we have sanctuary here. We This is all mutants, no humans. They're like, no, we need to save We need to save Earth. You know, or, you know, Earth deserves us. So there's a lot of that typical Magneto. Like, we have literally everything we wanted. Why would you want to do that? Right. So there, there's a lot of back and forth there. Just a lot of big, cool fights in this, like, 
it's kind of hard to explain this this Earth and then kind of show you guys. It, it's definitely like futuristic, like this is a different like, universe as well. I believe like this Jetsons is Jetsons type, yeah. Three one three. I'm not or sure three, what three, it is. three one one three. Oh yeah, it, I was just reading about it. <laughs> it's it's really cool though. So it's really just a lot of big fighting, and then what ends up happening is Magneto traps Wasp goes down to small size to like fight Blob, and Magneto traps her in like this metal cage thing. Um, Havoc can't help her. Havoc goes back to like the space station where. Beast is. Beast is looking very Yoda-ish too, by the way. <laughs> like we just got oh, yeah. he's got like these scoggles. He looks old and straggly and and he's basically they're talking and they're like, Hey, did you get the tracheon? But yeah, there's still there's no way we're gonna be able to do it. And then Havoc goes and sees his daughter, Kate. And like, and he's basically, and in a lot of this too, there was a beginning dialogue of him kind of talking about, "Sorry, Katie, that we failed you." Havoc takes the end of the world on him. Like he does that a lot. He puts a lot of weight on his own shoulders, and I, I, I think it's like an, it's a pretty cool trait of his. And uh, the cool, the final scene of this is really sweet, though. So. You know, the, their space shuttle opens, and here comes people to help him. Thor is back with Iron Man, but he has Kang the Conqueror and Doom with him as well. And I'm not sure what run of Spider-Man that is, but... Hmm. Oh. And Doom looks sweet. I don't know what I just did. I opened an ad. It is a cool... <laughs> that is a really cool Spider-Man. I want to see the Doom, though. I didn't see it. Oh, look at Doom. Oh. 2012 might be an underrated year for comics. That is a real. It's all new, all different. There was a lot of good stuff in all new, all different. All different. I, you know what? You, you just saying that kind of gave me an idea for an episode <laughs> about picking like runs. the best years. Like we can pick like we could do like a top ten years individually of oh. comic books runs. That's we'll see. Maybe um, our year anniversary. Maybe yeah. our year anniversary. Um, but uh, up. September. Pretty cool read. Uh, this is so I, I was going through this uncanny Avengers to try and find like a main havoc, ep- and this is the perfect one right, right. here. Yeah, uh, smack dab. Uh, um, all right, so we'll start with we'll start with the artwork. Very cool. Uh, 2012. I slept on that. Yeah, and that was when I like. F- f- I have a ton I of love the future. Well, that was the start of Moon Knight too. Yeah, yeah. So, but that was a little more grittier. That was drawn a little different. Um, but I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give that a 10. That was cool. The futuristic yeah. space and the way they did blob and pyro looks almost like a soul, like a super soldier. He's kind of cool looking. Dope. Um, so I gotta give that a, I gotta give that a 10 action. I mean, for the most part, it's fighting other than a little bit of dialogue in the f- f- beginning and him talking to Hank. So I'll give that a nine. Um, storytelling. It tells a good story, but I'm still a little confused. Because it is that other, it maybe yeah. it just so I give that a seven. Um, dialogue once again, kind of a little confused about everything, so I'll give that a six. Okay, and but rereadability, really cool, very cool havoc run. It's interesting how he puts it all on himself. So I, you know, I'll, I'll give I'll give that an eight. Okay, 40. 40 out of fifty for that issue. The artwork is really neat. Very good. You know what? Um, what month years from 2018? The month of rated T. Actually, my cover lied again. This is technically January 2019. So, yeah, your your X Men Blue ran before that. You I need think. to stop lying on this show, huh? I wonder what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new X Men Blue issue 25. Um, it starts with Polaris, and she attacked the Raksha, but it wasn't her fault. She was being mind-controlled. But it, uh, basically, she makes a promise to make it all right to Nightshade. And then it cuts over to off the coast of Scotland. And this is super weird. Magneto is face-to-face with this different, this like villainous havoc. He's got... I think he's like being controlled by the bloodlust, partially. Um... And he's got a red eye with like a metal plate over it. And Havoc is pitching to Magneto to have one more terrorist act in the name of social justice. Hmm. To really put the mutants on top. And it reveals Havoc's team. It is Havoc, Emma Frost, Miss Sinister, um, 
Bastion, who is like a part mutant, part sentinel, and Sebastian Shaw. That's an interesting team. Yeah. And Havoc is saying, like, like it's going to be painless for the humans. Like, just follow us. Be with us. And, like, uh, uh, Magnetos points out all of the flaws of all of the people he's with. And they're just kind of going, like, back and forth with each other. And he's saying, like, join me one time. And I love this line. I'm going to read it. For, uh, Magneto's like, for pity's sake, Alex, this sounds no different than any other horror our enemies have visited upon us in the past. And then Havoc, like, responds. And he's just like, join us afterwards. And Magneto says, no. Magneto's the good guy in this. It's really weird. And a huge fight ensues. And the way the fight starts is awesome. Um, just a huge fight ensues. Magneto puts this, like, new, like, green suit on that he makes out of the ground. He just pulls it up out of the ground and materializes around him. Um, and it's just battle, battle, battle until Magneto actually ultimately loses because Havoc is using Emma Frost's powers to power his up. Okay. Um, and Magneto feels defeated. And while he's out, uh, I forget her name. I don't actually know who she is. But uh, Briar Rayleigh has been working with Magneto, and she forms a new team of X-Men Blue, because all the other X-Men Blues are missing. This team is Polaris, his daughter, Bloodstorm, Zorn, Nightshade, and then, um, oh, what's his last name? Jimmy, Jimmy Hudson, who is another world Wolverine, and Dakin, who is Wolverine's son. Okay. It, it's, it's a cool crew. They have really cool, like, they just look awesome. They look new school but old school all at the same time. Um, but it's an interesting book because I was not expecting Havoc to be the villain when I opened this. <laughs> um, Summer's family in 2018 or the, in the late 2000s, I don't know what they did. They turned them all into villains. <laughs> I'm kind of okay with it. It's a different – It's flip. But it, I thought it was interesting. Like we just read his book that's all about him and Magneto going against each other to, to stop the mutant planet. And in this, like, it's the flip. And I thought that was kind of awesome. <laughs> um, it's just seeing seeing this Magneto-run X-Men team. Um, I'll hop into the art. Art's pretty standard. Um, it's There's some really great shading in here, some really great, like, um, just shots of Magneto that I, I just love. And it's those that have literally sold me on a lot of the art. But um, it's pretty standard. I'm going to give the art a 7. Okay. Action, the action is great. Like I said, the way the fight starts out is just, there's just this really cool moment that I wasn't expecting that starts the whole fight. Um, so I like that a lot. I'm not going to give away because it caught me off guard. So I'm going to give the action an 8. All right. Story, it's a 10. That totally not what I was expecting. Um, there's some other stuff with the Motherine, which they're using like Wolverine's DNA to cause second mutations in mutants and... Um, Magneto actually used some of this serum to to get the upper hand on Havoc for a moment so he could get away. That's very mm. cool. It's like finally the payoff on Weapon X. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of awesome. Um, so I, I like that. Did I give my grade for the story? Yeah, I did a 10. Yep. Um, dialogue, that whole back and forth between Magneto and Havoc is fantastic. I'm going to give that an 8. Okay. And then rereadability. Again, this is another storyline. I'm really interested. I loved the X-Men around this time when... Um, all of the old X-Men disappeared, and they brought the young ones back in time. Cyclops has been evil. and, and So I really like this storyline um, a lot. So my readability on this is 9, because I actually want to read more of this now. Okay. 42 out of 50 for that book. All right. Next one, our last book, before we get ready to close the show, um, is Astonishing X-Men, another issue number 17 from January of 2019. And uh, it's a pretty cool team. Um, pretty unique team that I, I actually really enjoy. Uh, it's Havoc, Beast, Warpath, Dazzler, Colossus, and Banshee. That is the squad. Dazzler. Dazzler. She's, yeah. spoiler alert, she's in Phoenix. They, Phoenix. The, is that the payoff? They, she's finally in She there? makes an appearance. Is she yeah. Taylor Swift? No. Damn. No. Is she Miley Cyrus? No. Damn it. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, book starts off. They're in... Uh, I'm actually not even entirely sure of the location, but they, Dazzler actually uses some... Um, 
she actually like imposed images of using light and sort of the sentinels think that the team is dead um so yeah they go and they actually um they're at the Xavier then it flashes back to the Xavier Institute in Central Park and the entire team is there it's Kitty Pride it's it's everybody kind of just bad on the sentinels um it's a really cool fight but it the thing is Banshee is um something's off with Banshee and he can't stop yelling apparently he has some kind of chip or something inside him and it's been hacked and he he just can't stop yelling um he was in some hijacked some nanotech I put in his body and somebody hacked it and he legit just can't stop he can't stop yelling um it's it's endless and they finally get it under control um but then in front of the ex the the mansion um some what's what's this guy's name um general callahan he's in front he wants the x-men for for something that they did um and havoc actually lying to the team The, the rest of the team sneaks out and the blackbird um but dazzler uses a that light thing to impose havoc so the rest of the team didn't know he was going to risk himself, but he actually comes out. Um, he blows up some of their their tanks, materials, and then surrenders and, and says that um, you know he'll surrender himself if he, if they leave the X Men alone. So it's actually really really heroic what he does here. Um, so an interesting book. He eventually gets arrested, and that's kind of it for. Astonishing X Men number seventeen. Uh, I would imagine the run's still going on pretty pretty solid so i'm sure there's been more issues but um we'll get into the review artwork i'm actually really impressed with the artwork and it's it's really neat the cover i think is the most important piece of artwork for me um it's what i draw you know what draws me to a book and the artwork for this was really good through and through it had that that like, like there was a like realism to it it was really well done i'm gonna give the artwork a nine Action. Uh, there's some cool Sentinel fight scenes. Um, action was a very, there was a strong suit in this. It's actually a, a relatively well-rounded book. I'm not going to lie, um, but some of the fight scenes with the the Sentinels and the, th- the scene at the end where Havoc blows up some stuff uh, was actually really cool. I'm going to give I'm going to give the action a nine. Uh, story. Not entirely sure of the story. Again, it's another you know number seventeen, middle of the run. But um, from what I read in this book, it was a relatively average story. Uh, just heroic what Havoc did at the end. I'm going to give the story a seven. Dialogue, really good dialogue in between. It's a uh, it's a good mix of characters. It really was. They all felt unique, um, you know, in their own right. So I I really appreciated the dialogue in this. Another strong point to this book. I'm going to give that an eight. And rereadability. Would I pick this book up again? <sighs> Unless it's to look at the pictures. <laughs> that's kind of sure. that's. I mean, that's not like a knock or anything, but um, yeah, it's it's one of those. Again, it's another middle of the story book that it's it's you know you're you're not really going to ultimately look those up you know right off the bat uh, or or pick it up again to read it. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna give the rereadability a a six. Uh, Thirty nine out of fifty for Astonishing X-Men number 17. So far, all solid books for all of them that we read. Decent. So. Like I said, I, I I expected more from some of them. That was my only issue with uh, the Mutant X one. I just expected more. That was it. But There's a book that I'm upset I just found out about now that we should have covered. What's that? It's for you. Incredible Hulk 150, Havoc versus Hulk. <gasps> That Havoc vs. Spider-Man one you found was pretty kind of cool, too. Like that I read into it a little bit. Um, it was Havoc and the Living Pharaoh. Um, it was from, like, late... I think it was early 70s. And that Living Pharaoh and Havoc, man, they must have had some connections, though. They did. It all started with that. I don't know how long he was under... Havoc was under his influence. I gotta find that. Son of a bitch. That's I want to cool. find the Hulk book. Yeah, it... Sounds it, awesome. I would have did that that Spider Man book, but it was another one of those team ups where there was a bunch of different ones. It was a short story. Oh, it, okay, it, very it, short. It, it, yeah, it evaded me. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I guess we'll do some uh, we'll do some trivia fact stuff. 
You guys can both do it. I mean, this is just kind of just. By the way, you're going down this week on the what pole. What do you got for me? What do you got? Suicide Squad. Howard the Duck. That's a good battle. <laughs> yeah. my, well, my, remember, it goes forward two weeks and two weeks. Yeah, two uh, weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. So Suicide Squad, though, has so many different variations. Yeah. That might be okay. Yeah, Howard the Duck. And I have the Suicide Squad's. With the Banana Splits comic book. There was actually a couple DC characters I wanted to do, but I knew you were going DC. Oh, that's all I'm going to do for a while. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're gonna. it's going to be some fun trip. It's not like a contest or anything. We'll see if they can answer it, and maybe it'll help, um, help the listeners, help us kind of learn a little bit about the, uh, about the character Havoc. Start off with the uh, kind of a fun one. Um, what... I don't even know if it's a fruit or veg. Well, I guess it. What is what is Alex allergic to? Tomatoes. Kind of spoiled that myself. Yeah, um, did. I did. <laughs> I blew that. Uh, what is Havoc's favorite movie? I'm gonna say Alien. <laughs> coming out of his stomach. Oh my gosh! Die Hard. <laughs> West Side Story. What? Get out of here. <laughs> it's, it's official. Um, let's see. What's the next one? Oh, can, uh, can Cyclops and Havoc harm each other? Havoc can. I know Cyclops can't harm Havoc, though. Yeah, I think. They actually both cannot harm each oh, other really? with their powers. Yep. Um, let's see. I'm looking, just looking through different facts and stuff. I have an interesting one. All right, bring it on. Who trained Havoc how to fight? Hmm. Hmm. Shot in the dark. I'm going to say... Wolverine. I say Beast. Wolverine. It was Wolverine. Wolverine. Hey, I got something right. Uh, <laughs> a, it, that caught. I was surprised that, and that makes that other book seem a little more interesting. That, it does actually, because be, uh, uh, Wolverine refers to Alex as like his really like one of his very close friends. Okay, which is rare for Wolverine to say that kind of thing. So it is. All right, here's another one. Um, can you guys together name every team that Havoc has been affiliated with? X Factor. X Force. Uncanny, no, 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 no X Force. No oh, he's an uncanny X Men. Uncanny Avenger. Yep. Is there more? There's more. I know there's another one that I'm forgetting. Um, the six, like you said. Six. Yep. Was he ever part of Excalibur? Nope. No. Nope. Oh, he's part of the human uh, or the 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 mutant brotherhood at one point. Yes, yes he was. That was yep. the other one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yep. Um, there are some others. I'll read the entire team affiliations. X-Men, uh, Uncanny Avengers, X-Factor, Investigations, X-Factor, Starjammers, Six, Genosian Magistrates, Defenders oh, yeah. for a Day, Brotherhood of Mutants, and Dark Descendants. How did you not Genosian Magistrates? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Um, let's see. When are, uh, let's see if you guys can name some of his other aliases. Oh, gosh. Havoc's the only one that's coming to my head. I know, it's a little little throat. But again, it's not like a contest. Alex Summers. <laughs> Havac. <laughs> or as I would write in Spanish, Havico. Havico. El <laughs> right Havico. Spanish ghost. <laughs> el, 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 what's brother in Spanish? <laughs> el brother de Ciclops. <laughs> Hermano de Ciclops. Uh, <laughs> Some of his other aliases have been... That would be his wrestler name. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, some of his other aliases have been Mutant X, Magistrate Summers, and Goblin Prince. Goblin Prince? Interesting. Yeah. What's that from? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. All right. and fight Hobgoblin. And what is the name of Havoc's younger brother? Vulcan. Correct. All right. I think that's about it. For trivia facts, can we can we just bring up one thing? Did they ever explain why they put him in first class? No, Cyclops, because he's technically the younger brother. Yeah, I know. They, they, I watched the video on why they did that, and I, I, 
they they're like we they just flipped it for whatever reason. They backtracked. They never really gave. They it never anything. cared. Like and that threw me for a loop. Which, because when I saw it, I'm like, wait, no. Well, yeah, I know. Is he the older brother? Really? Which I mean, I was excited to see Havoc it's in a movie enough, portrayal. Though, that he could even be a father. Like they never yeah. really say. Dude, the extra movies were so bad at aging their characters and and this and that. Um, yeah, it was. It was weird. It was weird, but it was cool to see Havoc on screen. I just like his death was terrible. Um, this really, really bad scene. Um, Imagine that they killed the Summers off right in the beginning of a movie, and it sucked. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's a trend. It is a trend. Uh, hint, hint. Wait for wait for like Deadpool three when they just go, "Hey, Cable." <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, I did want to talk to you guys, too, real quick. Um, I don't know if you guys are in a rush or not. But I did an article on our WordPress for the page. Of some things that you guys wanted to see for the X-Men. The Mar- like, some like things you want to see. Marvel has to do to really improve upon... Um, Upon you know Fox's property, uh, I want to know if you guys had any you wanted to add to this. I said I had five things um, for the X Men that they had to be one. They had to be presented as a team. Two comic accurate costumes. Three less is more with Magneto. Four expand on X Men lore with single character or paired character movies. And five extra characters shouldn't be thrown in just for the sake of having them in a movie. Is there any other? Um, things that you guys want to see from the uh, X-Men movies. Simple original lineup to start. Okay. I want... I want... Well, you got to have Wolverine. You know, he's technically not an OG. Yeah. But Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Iceman, Beast, Angel, and even maybe Colossus. Okay. But that... Keep it simple and then expand on that as the time goes. What's great about the X Men universe, it's it's almost as big as the rest of the Marvel catalog. Yeah, yeah you can so, do like Rogue or Gambit you, as you go. And, that's what I was saying. The, yeah, you, they can do they can do universes with those characters and stuff like that. But I think keep it simple, keep it with the originals. Um you know, it's it's a great time in our world to really relaunch of what it really was. You know, it was launched as a comic because of the civil rights era. Well, now we're dealing with people with rights on, you know, transgenders and abortion and all these crazy things going on, you know, so it it would be very interesting at time to launch it. It would be, it would be. I think the casting is super important, but I think a slow burn as well. I actually, I, I think if you present them here and there to start, and almost have an Avengers-esque entrance where they all come in together. Right. Um, I also, sounds weird, I would love for Guardians 3, them to be flying around and hear about another team. Hear about the Star Jammers zipping around in space. I think that, that would, would just be a, be a cool fun reference. little nod. Uh, it doesn't have to really pay out to too much right away, but I think that would just be cool to hear about, like, or just hear the Corsair or something. Right. Um, acknowledge their existence. I'm nervous that they're going to use this multiverse thing to introduce them, but on the other part of me, the multiverse could be totally be a swerve. Yeah. But how so. cool will be a little side character like Chode being in Guardians 3? Yeah. Do, you know what I mean? Just something, something like that. I think the thing with X Men is, is I Marvel has all the time in the world Mm -hmm. and I think it just makes more sense to put the Fantastic Four in right now like it's an easier transition there's an announcement that they're looking at a 2022 you lost a big scientist so you gain a new one right I think they can kind of explain because of the timelines and all that why the X-Men happened but I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a very slow burn. Oh yeah, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not getting X Men to like 2020. Who do you think's the first X Men character that shows up? Because I think it's that's be a good a question. I think it's Hank McCoy Beast. I think it's gonna be Storm in a Black Panther movie. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Hank McCoy in a Fantastic Four movie. Okay. I expect. So this is my vision is like a Cyclops esque. Or a, a Nick Fury esque Cyclops style, like just coming in cameos here and there, collecting people throughout the other movies. Right. Okay. I dig it. Some all interesting ones. I so. dig it. Yeah. yeah, I can see Cyclops or yeah, like a Professor like X. Like them doing coming that. across a mutant in the movie, and then... I mean, a Professor X thing would be so. Say for example, someone. Okay, at the end of a movie, Scarlet Witch is sitting there, and 
and the wheelchair just comes up and goes, yeah. I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> I I would love that. Part of me almost Does doesn't... Does they start with Scarlet Witch maybe is the first section? Yeah. Oh, the, there's a theory that that um she technically is and that the inf- like with the Infinity Stones um that the Infinity Stones are going to be used to introduce the mutants but them actually doing the the experiment that the, the Infinity Stones can activate the mutant gene and technically Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were the first so when the X-Men blew off not even necessarily blue, just any time the energy has been released, and what? that one was a massive energy release with the Iron Man snap. Way to explain it. I think it's good. What if you get that wheelchair, but we also get our return of Quicksilver that way? I, mean, I would be happy about if that. it's a different universe, Quicksilver well, or something they could bring him. I mean, out. Yeah, they may want him for the story because see, her story is yet to be really written. Yeah, but she's young. The actress is young. Yep, they're gonna need. You know what I mean? They're losing some key characters, so keep her around. And her story with Magneto, man. Do you think they do Professor X, or do they do a post Professor X X Men? No, they do Professor. I X. think they. I think they okay. have to. I just don't know who can possibly play him now that we've had so many Stewart and McAvoy, who both did a great job. Um, I think Stewart is more highly regarded, but McAvoy That's why was really good at the too. Rock. The Rock is Professor X. Oh, fuck out of here. <laughs> All right. This is going to sound a little weird. Russell Crowe. Mm. Just shave his head. Mm. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I don't hate that either. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. But that is definitely a discussion for another day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, comic book cartoon, comic books and cartoons. We're going to compare and contrast the um, the cartoon version versus the comic book version. And... Uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, make sure you follow us on the Facebook page. Um, so after next week's episode, so we have, you said Suicide Squad and Howard the Duck. Yeah, those are like... Yes, Howard the Duck. It's a good battle. It is a good battle. So make sure you check out that poll. Vote and help dictate our next episode. That's going to be the theme from here on out, and it's going to add some fun fan interaction and some surprises for us you know we're going to learn a little bit too we're not going to just pick all these you know class a heroes you know like it's going to be b c d however low the list goes we're going to pick some different variations so um so yes thank you for your support and we will talk to you next week right here on the panel discussion podcast